Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Nothing snarls big city traffic quite like a politician headed to another ribbon-cutting or campaign stump speech. Lights flashing, flags fluttering, sirens blaring, traffic light ignoring. It's a commuting Armageddon, no matter which side of the political aisle or city street you happen to be stuck on. The granddaddy of these, of course, the jam de resistance, if you will, is the presidential motorcade. Ever since that day, nearly 117 years ago, when Teddy Roosevelt reportedly became the first president to use a car in an official capacity, parading through the streets of Hartford, Connecticut, everybody's been moving aside to let the commander-in-chief through. From the New York Times on August 22, 1902, On his arrival at Hartford, the president was welcomed by a committee of representative citizens and then taken for a drive around the city, occupying, with Colonel Jacob L. Green, a handsome Victoria automobile, in charge of two expert New York chauffeurs. He was enthusiastically cheered all along the route. Earlier, Roosevelt had landed by yacht in New Haven and taken a carriage ride through that city. The Times reported, By proclamation of the mayor, all traffic over the line of march was suspended. The city's factories changed the noon hour for the day, and the shops were closed between 1 p.m. and 2.30 p.m. The city was gaily dressed in flags and bunting. Presidential motorcades have always had an undeniable patriotic panache, even in Washington, D.C., where other motorcades are pretty passé, varying visiting dignitaries, diplomats, cabinet members, and the political alike about. And, of course, presidential inaugural parades featuring the presidential motorcade are particularly decked out, even though almost every president since Jimmy Carter in 1977 has escaped from their limos to hoof it down Pennsylvania Avenue on foot, at least for a little bit. But however festive they seem, these motorcades must carry off a kind of automobile ballet to get the president safely to their destination. We spoke via email with Melissa McKenzie, a spokesperson for the Secret Service. She said, while each motorcade movement is unique, thorough planning precedes any protective movement, requiring constant coordination between the Secret Service and its partners. The Secret Service believes that this thorough planning is the best safeguard against all types of potential pitfalls, but agents are prepared and trained to deal with unforeseen circumstances as they arise. Those unforeseen circumstances can be the stuff of tragedy and history. John F. Kennedy was assassinated riding in a presidential motorcade in Dallas. An assassin shot Ronald Reagan as he prepared to get into his limo in a motorcade in D.C., Gerald Ford had to be shoved into his limousine twice in the space of two weeks in California, once in Sacramento, once in San Francisco, to avoid assassination. That's why the Secret Service doesn't mess around when it comes to presidential motorcades. Mackenzie pointed out, carefully, that the Secret Service coordinates with state, local, and federal authorities in determining the composition of a presidential motorcade. Often, how well-equipped the local force is determines how many vehicles are involved. She said, motorcades are comprised of numerous types of vehicles belonging to the Secret Service and several other entities. While precise alignments and numbers cannot be divulged, most motorcades include, at a minimum, a vehicle for the protectee, vehicles for security personnel, and vehicles for local or state law enforcement support. At the virtual center of a presidential motorcade is the presidential limo, which carries the president, a few Secret Service agents, and other high-ranking dignitaries or family members. Franklin D. Roosevelt became the first to use an armor-plated vehicle in December of 1941, shortly after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor and the U.S. entered World War II. That particular vehicle was seized by the Treasury Department from gangster Al Capone in 1932. It had bulletproof glass, but the body was vulnerable to bullets. The Secret Service started armor-plating limos in 1942. 
Today's well-armored presidential limo is surrounded by other vehicles in the motorcade, including decoy limos and many support cars. In a 2016 article, the website The Drive suggested that there may be as many as 20 different limos in the presidential fleet, though we couldn't get McKenzie to confirm this info. When a president leaves D.C., the presidential limo and many other cars in the motorcade, however many the Secret Service deems necessary, including perhaps a spare limo, are shipped to the destination via Air Force planes. The limo carrying the president is preceded in the motorcade by different vehicles closing streets and clearing the way. Often, local police on motorcycles do that job, and it's closely accompanied by at least one other limo. The two limos move back and forth, swapping places during the procession. The drive reported, quote, while the motorcade is in motion, highly trained Secret Service drivers execute a classic roving shell game, weaving stagecoach and spare, or spares, in and out among each other so that a would-be attacker would have a tough time picking the car actually containing the president. The presidential limousines even have identical plates. The current presidential limo is known as the Beast. It's a Cadillac hybrid. TechCrunch reported that prior presidential limos sported, quote, bulletproof glass, a supply of the president's blood type, and an independent air supply to thwart a chemical attack. Secret Service details, communications vehicles, and other support vehicles, including a lot of heavy-duty SUVs, follow the presidential limo. The rear of the convoy includes vehicles carrying members of the press, an ambulance, and more local police to protect the rear of the motorcade. The Secret Service is always in charge. Mackenzie said, Agents assigned to drive in presidential motorcades receive extensive training in several areas, and they rehearse and research motorcade routes continually. Things don't always go smoothly. A few motorcycle officers assigned to the presidential motorcade in Lake Charles, Louisiana in May of 2019 were injured in an accident. Still, that motorcade got its job done, delivering President Donald Trump safely to his destination, even if there were a few traffic tie-ups along the way. was written by John Donovan and produced by Tyler Klang. The Brain Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other well-organized topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 